0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Detroit Lions Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Canio. With me, as always, is Eric Schlitt from prideofdetroit.com. Eric, the Lions' playoff hopes took a big hit, a jolt, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday on Christmas Eve with the uh, 37-23 loss to the Panthers. Lions hemorrhaged 320 yards on the ground. What was it, 570 overall. Uh, further, they, they're once again dead last in the NFL in defense. And more importantly, they are now seven and eight with two games left in the season.
1: Mm. They
0: were helped by everyone else's losses, but the playoff hopes are still slim. They're getting slimmer by the week.
1: Yeah, the playoff hopes basically come down to, you have about a 20, they have about 20% chance, 25, 20, 25% chance or something like that right now. Uh, If they beat Chicago this week, they jump up to about, middle of the road like about 50 50 if i'm not mistaken if you beat the packers then you jump up to like 70 75 but you still need help right you can't just win out now you have to win out and get some help from other teams so they have
0: to win out the commanders have to lose have to lose at least
1: yeah you got to lose at least i think the commanders have to lose commanders and seahawks have to at least lose once, once right and so if the if the Commanders lose once, the Seahawks lose once, Lions win out, then they're they're going to get in. Um, they're golden, yeah. <laughs> so you need a and and those teams have a couple of tough matches. So I mean, it, it's in still entirely possible that they're they're in the uh, they're in the hunt still, definitely. Uh, but if they would have won, they would be in. Sp- slot seven which would have you know they would have been in right they would have been in and holding their own destiny they would have had some wiggle room but now they just don't now they don't have the wiggle room now you need some help uh at the end of the day though are still they still have a shot and here we are on the precipice of the new year and we're still talking about potential playoffs so i think that's a good thing uh and i and i hopefully you know A lot of the reactionary, you know, uh, comments and and perceptions based off of the pretty terrible loss. Um, Hopefully, they will be put in the the rearview mirror and uh, the Lions will see the opportunity in front of them. Fans will see the opportunity in front of the Lions. And uh, we'll see how the last two weeks go because the opportunity is there. Now, speaking of
0: opportunities that are there, so let's assume everything breaks the lion's way this weekend. So number one, Washington mm. would lose to the Browns. So we're all rooting mm. for the Browns this weekend. Uh, Seattle loses to the jets. So we're all lo- rooting for the jets this weekend. The Packers defeat the Vikings, which we're not rooting for, but just to, just for the case of discussion mm-hmm. and the lions beat the bears, which we'll be talking about in a little bit here. That'll put the lions and the Packers both at eight and eight. Mm-hmm. And the winner would finish nine and eight.
1: And have a real good shot at going. In. It would be the. Oh, wild but part, uh, right?
0: yeah, yeah, but hang. But if the if the Seahawks win their last game, or there was rumor that that would end up being the Sunday night game, the last oh. game of the season at Lambeau Field mm. at night. I don't. Who knows what the weather's going to be? You know, today <laughs> it's fifty degrees, but you know, mm-hmm. last week was four. So you know, who knows what we're going to end up with at Lambeau two, uh, two right. weeks from or week and a half from now. Right. so it's all you know it's interesting I, a lot of things have to go to Ly- Lions Way and yeah you're you're right it's great they've made it this far so let's say, get let's what's
1: what's interesting is I believe if the Washington wins and the Lions win or wait a minute if the if the I'm sorry Here if the go. Packer if the Packers lose this week yeah. as long as the Lions or Washington win the Packers are out like they, they can't make it in. um. So you almost want, you want to be a Vikings fan and a Lions fan. And you want the, you want Washington and Seattle to lose. That's, that's basically where you're at. You're, you're putting on your Honolulu blue uh, with your purple sunglasses on. Right. And you're hoping that those, those uh, Vikings can, can get it done. But I mean, they're not favored. Right, the right. Uh, the Packers are favored. It's inland against a but,
0: twelve and three team, but yeah, right. they are at home
1: mm-hmm. and a traditional um, rival. And uh, and they're going to be at home the last two weeks. Packers got a very favorable uh, last two games at home, so um, we'll see how it goes. I uh, you might get what you
0: want, Eric. Everything's got to break a certain way, but you might get exactly what you want. And I it's want when they say, "Be careful what you wish
1: for." No, yeah, it's fine. You look at some point. For this team to take the next step, you're going to have to beat the Packers in Lambeau in a meaningful game in order to go. Like it's just you're going to have to do it in order to take that next step as a team. And so why not now? Why not get there and just take care of business? I'm there for it. I'm I'm there for that memory. I want that memory. And so, would it be nice to watch the Vikings eliminate the Packers this week? absolutely be nice then you can go into that final week you know with uh with your focus on a packers team that isn't as motivated and um but at the same time you get memories because of tough situations and meaningful games and that's what i want i want that meaningful game
0: all right let's uh, dig into the player movement first the transactions jared davis signed off the lions practice squad by the giants a little surprising
1: yeah they probably could have signed him to the active roster um i'm actually a little bit surprised that they didn't uh but he was out of roster elevations so he couldn't be elevated from detroit so the only way they would have been able to play him again this year would have been by signing him and so personally i think they probably could have like if they really wanted him, they maybe could have moved on from austin bryant and then signed Jared davis uh because Austin Bryant has been a healthy scratch the last several weeks, and he doesn't appear to be part of the future. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, they already have six linebackers ahead of them. They didn't – I don't know if they really felt like they needed a seventh. They probably felt like they needed a little more depth on the edge just in case. And um, the for Jared Davis, it's an opportunity. He gets a bigger, che- bigger paycheck. He's on the 53. and um, Might play if, in
0: a playoff game.
1: Yeah, look, if the Giants – if the giants make the playoffs which it seems like they're in the, in a good spot to do that he will be on the roster for that game as well cuz he has to be on the roster for 3 weeks minimum and so yeah we'll see how it uh how it all plays out uh but it's a it's a good move for him and a good opportunity little surprising to see the lions just uh let him walk without really giving him a You know, I mean, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they, they tried to sign him and he just said the opportunity was too good.
0: All right. Injury report wide receiver Quintez Cephas foot injury placed on season ending IR. Is he under contract next year? Is this the last? He is.
1: He has one more year. Uh, So he was in that 21 day evaluation period that expired and he was not ready. And so they, they put him back on IR. So his season is, is over um yeah is signed through 2023 so have have a chance to come back and compete uh as of this moment he would probably be considered wide receiver five because uh in the offseason because you still you're going to have st brown free agent yeah because so you're going to have st brown jameson um josh reynolds and khalif all under contract and i would think cephas would be wider the favorite to be wide receiver five but i also expect other transactions to be made maybe chart six around maybe they do some other things wide receiver josh reynolds illness did not participate so it's tricky because like we've seen uh illnesses you know take guys out for the whole week and then you've seen illnesses last 24 hours you have no idea what kind of illness this is with him and so We'll just have to keep an eye on it. It'd be nice if he could play because he didn't play the last time uh, they faced off against the Bears. But um, they definitely, if if Josh Reynolds is not available, uh, it's uh, it's Jamison Williams' time. Fullback Jason Kabinda illness full practice. So he missed all of last week because of the illness. Uh, and the only reason I believe he is on the report now is because he's required to be because he missed the game because of that injury. So the rules kind of are if you have an injury that precludes you from being able to play in the game, then you have to be on next week's injury report, no matter what capacity you play in. We saw this last week with um, Michael Brockers, he practiced in full all week. To- by having the illness because he missed the previous game with the illness so it's the same thing with kabinda looks like he's back and uh should be ready to go center frank Ragnow foot injury did not
0: practice that's not surprising
1: yeah it's the same story right early week rest um that early week rest is now turning into midweek rest as well full week and rest. uh yeah it's pretty close to getting to full week rest at this point guard
0: kaotio shwika ankle Limited first time, it's practiced in a month.
1: Yeah, so that's good news, right? Um, fact that he's still limited, though, we've seen from offensive linemen previously, even if you're limited, you might end up practicing a week limited and then still not be ready to go. So, uh, not out of the woods yet, but he is um, progressing towards returning. Logan Stenberg, illness, did not practice. That's the same story as with Josh Reynolds. You don't know where he's at at this stage. We'll find out a little bit as the week goes on.
0: Linebacker Josh Woods, biceps injury, did not practice.
1: Um, so, this was an injury that apparently happened during the game, but we don't really have any recollection of it because he didn't exit uh, noticeably. Um, and so, yeah, well, no, no. Could be early rest because he got injured in the game. Could be something that's a little bit more concerning. Would be a. Concern for special teams, but not really a concern as far as, like, defense goes. Safety, Kirby Joseph back, did not practice. Yeah, same thing here, like, except a much bigger impact on defense, obviously. Um, We don't really know where he's at. We'll know more as the week progresses, but if he's not able to play, that would be a pretty big loss. Safety, Deshaun Elliott, shoulder, did not practice. Right, so both your starting safeties are now injured um with joseph we don't really know where he's at with elliot it's uh quote-unquote day-to-day uh which is never really a good sign when you get that day-to-day uh you know label early in the week usually has meant uh that he's not that that player is not going to be able to come back that uh for the following game so we'll see if if, if elliot can come back to practice but I am not optimistic about that right at this moment. Uh, you know, midweek here. So we're looking forward to Melifonu we trying to catch ball
0: carriers downfield like he was doing against the Panthers. Ooh, he's
1: uh, he looked he looked rough. He had uh, he had a hard game, and um, but hey, no, it, it, you know to defend defend him, everybody did. Yeah, his hard game was very noticeable too.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, well, but mm-hmm. when you know the the running back's already eleven yards downfield, and you're mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, why isn't he stepping up and trying to meet the ball yeah. carrier instead of, instead of trying to catch him where he was standing?"
1: Uh, yeah, he, he he's not. He he wasn't very attacking. Um, so uh, let's just. I mean, let's start there. Let's. We're diving right into um, the pan. I already did. Yeah. All right. So let's. Um, here, what what you saw was the defensive line not being able to hold their spots and then the linebackers misreading gaps. And then once they started getting gashed, you started to see guys, uh, over committing. And when they over committed, they started, you know, trying to cover for each other and that left them vulnerable. And then they started getting beat and it, it was very noticeable at the linebacker level. Um, Simple simple counterplay saw Malcolm, you know, shift to his left, which is what he's supposed to do, but he goes a little bit too far. And then Anzalone, who sees Malcolm going a little bit too far, ends up jumping into Malcolm's gap and abandoning his, and then he gets closed off, and then that gap is wide open, and then away they go. Um, Anzalone, who had played as good a football as I've seen him play over the last month-plus, played arguably his worst game as a yeah. lion in my yeah. opinion he was, he was he was rough and um when you can't hold your ground on the defense and the interior defense of line and then your mic isn't sitting in the gap uh, that he's supposed to be and he's getting run out of plays uh it's a problem and then you have your safety look they tried to drop they couldn't drop melfano into a box and so they ended up dropping Kirby, which is not really his game. And then Malafonwu is running deep. And so you basically the whole middle of the defense was vulnerable and getting beat. And getting beat on a regular basis. And then you saw a lot of overcoverage, a lot of bad, bad habits that we saw during the first month and a half of the season pop up. And uh the result was that they couldn't get out of it. And then on top of that, you had a coaching staff who oh, here we go refused to really to to make the necessary adjustments that they needed to make? Like they didn't they didn't get bigger on the defensive line really because they couldn't, because they don't have the bodies on the interior, they only have three defensive tackles. Um, they didn't add another linebacker in the box because their linebacking crew is beat up, and their third linebacker, Derek Barnes, was coming off an injury. They didn't have the safeties to drop into the box because you're missing Deshaun El Deshaun Elliott. And so you don't, you and you have a bunch of safeties that are more suited to play free. And you just, they didn't have the personnel to make the adjustment. And they really didn't even try to make the adjustment. They just stayed in their nickel base. They didn't load the box and they just kept getting gashed. And so you had players falling into habits, coaching staffs not making the adjustment. And it ends up being just like a, you know, they just kept hitting that same play over and over and over and over and over again. And and, and there was... They didn't do anything about it. They just sit there and kind of took it on the chin, which was uh, not what we had seen over the, from this team the past two months. Um, concern, well, it's all concern.
0: The the mm-hmm. biggest overarching concern is the fact that the team basically didn't show up when it knows everything was ahead of them. So that's yeah. you know, obviously the biggest concern. But this was the worst defensive performance with Pascal and Kaminsky in the lineup. You know for the yeah. longest time, I've been thinking like here are the two keys: Kaminsky more than Pascal. That when these guys have been available and healthy, the defense has actually played a lot better. Mm-hmm. Now they were both available and healthy, and it didn't help at all. And I I, thought that's, ca- a, that's a little
1: thing, but mm-hmm. I, I thought Kaminsky played well. Um, uh, he was one of the guys I thought was hustling, and I uh, yeah, honestly, no hustle
0: out of any of those guys, <laughs> just getting blocked. You're like, all right the ball got yeah. snapped everybody just, just blocked and that's
1: it yeah in, in, a, in a defense that was seen you know that were that were making mistakes all over the place um i thought kaminsky was the one that was making the best effort and might have been their best defensive player uh in that game Uh and, and that's not saying much because he really wasn't even that exceptional anyways but i thought that he he was He was the one that was trying the hardest and he was the one that was running people down. And, and uh, I, I liked what I saw from him. I, but I mean, that might be the end of my defensive likes list everything else was pretty rough. All
0: right. Switching over to the offensive side of the ball. Lions did muster 23 points, but a lot of it was too little, too late. Mm. There was no running game to speak of. So yeah, you could just get like, it's, this is this, be tough to talk about blow by blow because the game was so bad but let's talk about long-term perspective right Mm -hmm. after watching a game like that and watching the cowboys game and watching the 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 patriots game and i know those were a lot earlier in the season where they were still figuring things out but like ben johnson who's now this big head coaching prospect Mm -hmm. could not cobble together a game plan
1: yeah too many years like he had like three three and outs in a row right like that that was really challenging um I yeah the whole the coaching staff in general the lack of adjustments was really concerning and and it's it's kind of I don't know if that was just a stubbornness because like uh, Dan Campbell was asked after the game why they didn't take Jared Goff out and he said well, I thought we still had a chance. Like we, we were only so down two scores, right? Exactly. And he said, you know, we were down two scores. If, if we would have got, if we would have scored and then got an outside kick, we would have been right back in it. And uh, so he thought the game was still in reach. And and I get that. I mean, yeah. he, but the concerning thing for me with that statement was, I think they maybe didn't adjust their game plan because they thought their game plan would work. And, they thought if they just towed the line, eventually it would, it would come up, uh, you know, where they were getting opportunities. And they just, they just, it was too little, too late. Like you made too many bad mistakes early and you, they should have adjusted and, and and they didn't, they just tried to keep doing what they were doing. And uh, the results, I mean, eventually came on offense, but there, you can't, you can't have a defense getting absolutely gashed and then go three and out three drives in a row. You know what I mean? Like it's not team football. That's, that's how you lose by more than two scores. You know what I mean? Um They, Ben should have, in my opinion, he should have found like, no matter what he did, he should have found a way to, um he had to have a sustained drive. Even if they didn't score on one of those three and outs, he needed to get, more than what he got and, and and so he's not helping the defense and uh it, it was just collectively all across the board i mean a whole bunch of errors only uh only a couple of bright spots and um yeah like you said the the ones on offense definitely came uh came later in the game um notably from uh third tight end shane zilstra in his three touchdown effort right That. Was, yeah the
0: the bright spot, hey, that's great for Shane Zilstra. Like that'll mm-hmm. be the greatest game of his NFL <clears throat> career.
1: You know, lock it
0: up right now. I'm sure he got a. I don't know if the losing team gets a game ball. I'm Typically sure there not. is a game ball, but the, the, he's got to keep at least one of those footballs. <laughs> that was great for him, and you know, not really meaningful for the Lions long term. So, right. house of horrors for the Lions is this Bank mm-hmm. of America Stadium. They're uh, they're one in six now. With six straight losses in Carolina. So we got to remember that next time we're picking these games. You know, when I look back now, I look back to last week and I really Mm -hmm. have to blame you for this game, like 100% blaming you because you you were so overwhelming. You know, you were going through every position. Like there's no way this team could lose. You know, (laughs) like, and that's always a terrible sign coming from you. And, uh, but I believed it. I believed it this, and I don't know why I keep getting sucked into it, you know. (laughs) <laughs> because as you keep going through it, it's like, how is this team going to lose? How is this possible? Right. You know, they're, they're on such a roll. Like this Carolina offensive line is terrible. It was wrong. It was fantastic. Mm. And you uh, and, and I got to remember that for next time when you're saying the <laughs> Lions are so overwhelmingly better than the other team. Always pick against the Lions, no matter how bad it looks. <laughs> you know.
1: I'm a snake. I'm a snake charmer. Snake sales. Uh, snake, oil snake oil salesman. salesman. Like there Rich
0: Rodriguez.
1: <laughs> um
0: or wait, he called somebody else a snake oil sales. I can't remember. It's, it's so long ago.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, look, I I wrote my keys article and I said defense has to do one thing. You do one thing in this game as a defense, you win. And that one thing was stop the run. <laughs> and they didn't do it. <laughs> and and this was the obvious results, right? Like that's literally that's all they had to do they had to find a way to stop the run because if, if sam darnold was not going to beat this team um even as bad as they were playing sam darnold was not going to be the answer they, they if they could have stopped the run they would have had a much better chance but man it was not even close
0: the oh, half.
1: ridiculous yeah it yeah, was they, just gashed this it's it's the it's the big flaw in the in in this game is when you if you if your linebackers don't find the right fits and your defensive line can't hold, then it's huge gashes.
0: No, that's 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 enough of that. We're not gonna make it as a podcast if we depress everybody all the time. <laughs> we can you can only make it as a radio show. You do that. <laughs> not as a podcast. All right. Let's talk about the Bears. All right, last time Lions played the Bears, Lions squeaked out 31 to 30 victory. Uh, The frightening proposition about that is that Lions gave up 320 yards rushing last week. And way back then, Lions gave up 258 yards rushing to the Bears, 147 of them, to Justin Fields. So, you know, we thought maybe that was going to be the worst of the worst for the season. But then the Lions said, hold my beer last week. All right. Anyhow, (laughs) Bears have lost eight straight. Uh Lions are six-point favorites. They'll be playing at the friendly confines of Ford Field. So the betting line has 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 moved subtly over
1: the week. Yeah. Up and down a little bit, about half point each way. And it's settled at six now. Everything gets back to normal. Games that's on Sunday,
0: not on Saturday. So you don't have to set your 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 clocks ahead of day. But one 1 p.m. on Fox, It's Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, and Shannon Spake are the crew referee is adrian hill do you have any stats on adrian hill
1: Um, uh, let me pull it up i actually don't um he's good ref i believe he is a right around average so i think he's like right around that 12 uh penalties a game so he's he's pretty much middle of the row uh type of ref
0: all right so they got a few draft picks that are starting. We'll, we'll go through the draft list. I know we already played them once, but things have changed in the last. Yeah. I think they played in November. So over the last six weeks, mm-hmm. uh, second rounder cornerback, Kyler Gordon, second rounder uh, safety, Jaquan brisker, both of the starting of the bears secondary.
1: Yeah. Gordon was their nickel. Now he's in their starting lineup permanently because they are missing, um, Jalen Johnson and Kendall uh, Vildor, who are both were the starting outside corners are both injured. And so um, Gordon is the guy that they're now relying on to be their, their top corner. Um, Brisker has been starting, he started last time. He's actually the, uh, these two guys are actually the only two starters in the secondary that were, you know, starting back then as well um all other three spots are 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 on injured reserve so uh yeah Johnson's on injured reserve Builders on injured reserve and then the big ones Eddie Jackson Eddie Jackson arguably their best defensive player right now he's on injured reserve as well so they're they're definitely dinged up it's it's actually kind of interesting uh, when the lions played the the bears in week 10 they were missing 60 percent of their wide receiver group so they didn't have josh reynolds they didn't have uh, dj chark they didn't have jameson now it's flipped now the bears are missing 60 percent of their starting secondary and the lions receivers are back fully healthy so um it's an interesting juxtaposition there where things from an injury standpoint have completely swung into the lions favor in the passing game
0: Third round pick Vellish Jones, your guy, you're, the, you you loved him this off. I did like in him the draft yeah. season.
1: Now he is in the starting lineup now because of injury as well. Uh, Darnell Mooney, their top receiver, uh, is on IR. Chase Claypool, who they traded for, is injured. Saint Brown is their third; he's injured. Dante Pettis is their nickel; he's been limited, uh, and. Uh, I'm sorry. Slot. Thank you. See, this is how uh,
0: Eric's brain works. He's, <laughs> not, he's always, th- he's always thinking positionally.
1: Um, and then, and so now Valuz has been a guy that's been kind of bumped up. He's still only playing about half the time. They're still leaning on their veterans a little bit more, uh, but essentially he's like one of their top three options at, at, at this stage.
0: Fifth round pick left tackle Braxton Jones has slid into the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, he's in there because they're dealing with some injuries um at, at other spots, right? Like on the interior. And so um they've kind of shifted that offensive line around a little bit, but here he is, and uh, he's actually been playing well. So uh that's you know they got to be happy about the production that they're getting out of um their fifth round pick left tackle. He's he's been doing uh, well for them.
0: All right, so let's talk about the Bears starters first on offense it's all centered around quarterback justin fields and the running game in general
1: yeah um i think really the running game is 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 obviously going to be i think the catalyst for this game right um when the bears uh have run over 125 yards they're typically keeping the game very close, right? When they have that offensive success on the ground, it's usually going to be a tight game. Now, obviously they've lost uh, eight in a row. And so while it's been a tight game, they've lost all of those games. Uh, but 125 tends to be a, a, a kind of a, an important number for them. They tend to do well when they hit that mark. Fields uh, ran, what, what did we say? 147 or something
0: 147,
1: like that? 147, yeah. Um, He hasn't rushed for 100 yards since that game against the Lions. And last week, he was held to 11 yards. And a big reason his numbers have been uh, down is because they tend to shift away from the run when they start losing. Okay? So, like, against the Bills last week, Fields was the guy who they were, they were turning the fields early and they were having him like, you know, run, they were having him pass. He was doing his duality stuff that he does and they were winning. They were, they were leading going into the second half. And and then for five minutes into the second half, they were still, they finally, the bills took the lead about five minutes in. And then the next possession, I believe they, they turned the ball over and then Bill scored again. And now they're up two scores. And then they basically stopped running at that point. From that point on, where the Bills got the lead, uh, Fields only ran the ball twice, and they were both those times where on broken plays. They, and so they had zero designed runs for him once the Bills took the lead. And so if you're looking for a key, that's a that's a big one. You get the lead, and then it's going to push you know the Bears into being a little bit more one-dimensional. Uh, the difficult part here is that the Lions give up a lot on the ground, right? And we just talked about that last week. Um, you know, we, you look no further than last week, right? In the in the last six games, so the six games since they played the Bills, they've allowed, only allowed two teams to run over 100 yards. But both those teams, both those games where they allowed their opponent to run over 100 yards, the Lions lost both of those games uh, to the Bills and, and then last week against the Panthers. So the key really is going to be, the lions can hold the bears to like 125 yards or less. If they do, if they hold the bears to 125 rush yards or less, I think that is a huge key to the game because that'll mean they probably will have been putting up points on offense and the bears will probably have backed away. So that's an, the run game, like you said, is a massively important part. And I do expect the lions to be completely refocused on trying to stop that. Um, they know how to, they faced Justin Fields before, so they know what he's capable of. they studied how the other teams that have played the Bears since then have uh, found ways to corral him. And uh, even if you look back to that last game against the Bears, they were getting better as the game went on. If you remember the last couple of drives, they found yeah, ways yeah. to squeeze. And And I think they kind of know what they have to do. Now, Knowing what you have to do and actually doing it is really going to be, I think, in a that's going to be the the key here, right? Like if they can corral them, if they can keep the pocket, you know, closed and just start squeezing it, if they can keep that rushing game down, those are all huge indicators that would uh, favor the lines if they can pull those off.
0: Bears, their eight-game losing streak has been pretty brutal schedule-wise. Lost yeah. to the Cowboys, lost to the Dolphins, lost to the Lions, lost to the Falcons, probably a game they should have won. Lost to the mm. Jets, lost to the Packers, lost to the Eagles, lost to the Bills. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's eight in a row, that's not too surprising that they've lost almost all those games. All right, yeah. we, we, we were talking about the running game. The running backs, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, the last uh, <clears throat> time they met, they combined only for – I believe 94 yards rushing between the two of them, but they both were over four yards per carry.
1: Montgomery is the guy that they lean on to be their primary. And it's like a 60, 40 split. Uh, but uh, Herbert is the guy who has been more efficient, right? Especially recently. So it'll be interesting to see if they start leaning away from Montgomery and more to Herbert uh, as the season, you know, last couple games of the season, but, for they they still like Montgomery as their primary. They still like the, he's you know more of the bruiser, right? So they're going to lean on him a little more. Um, but he's he has not been as efficient as the backup has been. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver
0: group you already mentioned with the the injuries to Chase Claypool, Equaminius St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Darnell Mooney. So we're going to be seeing Brian Pringle, Velis Jones, Nikhil Harry.
1: Yeah, and I, I think Pettis will probably play he's limited. Whereas the other two are out with St. Brown that con- not practicing on Wednesday with a concussion is not really good for his chances. Um, but yeah, you know, Pringle's a guy who I liked in the off season, but he's wide receiver five probably, you know what I mean? At, at best. I mean, he's to leave Raymond. And so that's kind of where they're at. But look, last time when the bears faced the lions, that's this is kind of what the, the 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 lions had. They had St. Brown and Khalif and Tom Kennedy, and that was end of the list. That was their receiving core. So you can't count them out just because um, they're missing some of their top guys. But at the same time, they're missing some of their top guys. So you're going to have a lot more, a sh- lot, lot of guys that are shifty, right? You got to that's as as opposed to size. Harry's the only one with size. The other guys are all going to be. Shifty speedy guys. So I don't know if that sets up real well for the Lions, uh, but talent-wise, it's not what it was. Now, if you're the Saint Brown family, I believe that the the the
0: John Brown is their father's mm-hmm. name, right? Former Mr. Yep. Universe. Do they all root for the Lions now? If Equiminius isn't playing, lions have a chance
1: to play. How does that work? I would think so. I, I mean, I think they're probably especially if he's out, right? I think they will be very, che- I mean, they would be very cheery it, for, be interesting for to know. Amon-Ra. I, I still expect them to show up in their split jerseys and stuff like that, like they have. Um, but at the same time, Equanimous is is playing the spoiler. He, all he can be is a spoiler at this point, whereas Amon-Ra has a chance to do something this team hasn't done in a, a few years. And so I'm sure they're pulling for Amon-Ra. All
0: right, tight ends number one most dangerous for the line. Cole Komet. Here's a mm-hmm. uh,
1: their offensive weapon that they
0: have to be on the lookout for.
1: Yeah, they've had to use them a lot more because of the receiver injuries, right? Um, their backup Wesco is injured, so they've had to turn to Griffin as well. But Komet is really the guy. He plays almost all the snaps, and um, he's a guy who you know remember like that that screen pass that. Uh, Akuda pick sixth. That was uh, they were trying to get to commit on that one, right? Like the, he's part of their game plan. They're going to have to be conscious of him, um, especially if the corner, the Lions' corners are doing a good job with the receivers. Komet will be a guy that they'll have to account for.
0: Offensive line, left to right: Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafar, Tre- Tevin Jenkins, and our old friend Riley Reef.
1: Um, we talked about Jones. He's playing well. Um, Jenkins, he's also playing well. He's was injured last game, but he's practicing this week. So he's expected to come back. Um, uh, white hair didn't play play last week. He's limited. So it's still kind of 50 50 on him. Uh, he's one of their better run defenders. Mustafer is not very good. Um, in reef, we kind of know he's an average tackle. Uh, but that's about it. Their run game is really where they excel. They're not very good. Uh, as as pass protectors but they're good at at, at, as run blockers and so you have an offensive line that's better as run blockers you've got a couple of proficient backs you've got a very proficient uh, running quarterback and and that's really where this game is going to be like if you're the Lions defense you're investing everything into stopping the run and that's where it is I mean that this game could be won and lost and and if they but see here's the deal even if they're giving up points to fields. The Lions still have the offensive uh, you know, power to put up points. And when you look at, at the Bears defense here, uh, they don't have a ton that's positive about them. Although there are a couple of things that I'll talk about. The Bears defense, though, is is trending in the wrong direction. Uh, you had mentioned that the Lions statistically were back down to like 32 as far as Mm -hmm. like giving up points and and rush and yards from a DVOA standpoint, the bears are 32 when you have an adjusted defense to the last several games, the bears are still 32. So from an efficiency standpoint, the bears are the worst in the league over the whole season and over the last month. And so Uh, They are struggling and injuries have not have played a factor, but there's also the, the the play from their other starters has to have declined as well.
0: All right. So let's talk about that bears defense along the defensive front, Travis Gibson, Michael Pennell jr. Justin Jones, Dominique Robinson on the front.
1: So. um, uh, Muhammad will also get some start in, in there with Robinson, uh, they like to rotate eight through there and so you'll get like a split between Robinson and Muhammad Gibson's and Jones and Watson are the other starters uh I think without really opposition um but they'll play all eight now here's the deal if you look at their PFF scores right and I I'm, I don't like to do this all the time but if you look purely at their PFF scores uh PFF average is right around like 60 um Muhammad and Robinson who are rotating through one spot they're both below 60 in their pff grades the other six defenders are all below 50 <laughs> like there's not a single defensive lineman on this bears front that has an average grade from pff every single one of them is below average and and it's because they've been getting beat up a little bit right the defensive line has has struggled and even though there's a lot of injuries like in the secondary as we talked about earlier the secondary is at least trying to hold their own the defensive line has just been getting beat up now if you're the lions you just got you know you just lost every battle in the trench last week your offensive line was getting moved. You're, you were, they were getting pushed back in the run game. There was all kinds of problems. This is an opportunity for them to get right. This is an opportunity for them to take advantage. But if they aren't, if they don't come into this game ready, even the poor offensive line in the NFL can be good at on certain games, right? Uh, or defensive line can be good on certain games. So you can't count them out at the same time. Every single spot should favor the lions in, in, in the trenches in this matchup because their guys are, their guys are struggling, right? Justin Jones might be their best one, um, that interior guy, but I mean, again, he's not, he's not super important. He gets double teamed a lot because he's their best, uh, but it's, it's all very winnable games or winnable matchups.
0: Bears have 18 sacks on the season. Worth noting uh, that J- Jaquan Brisker leads the team in sacks with four along right, the defensive they're safe. line. Yeah, the are safety along the defensive line, Justin Jones, Travis Gibson, both have two
1: apiece. So they don't generate a lot of pass rush in the front four. If I'm not mistaken, they've they have like they're averaging like one sack a game over their last like six games so since they played the Lions, they're only averaging like one sack
0: yeah not surprising because jack sanborn will talk about him not really talk about him in a minute because mm-hmm. he's on ir and they were making yep. such a big deal about him in uh in the first game um he has two sacks so he won't be playing roquan smith who's no longer a bear had mm-hmm. two and a half sacks he's gone robert quinn had a sack he's gone so like a lot of their production you, i talked about 18 sacks you know five of them are gone from being <laughs> traded or lost. Right. So, you know, it's not surprising that they've only had six sacks. And would you say the last six games? Yeah. All right. Linebacking crew, Matthew Adams, Joe Thomas, Nick Morrow.
1: Usually I would point, I would point out that defenses play a lot of nickel and you only see two of these guys, but the problem or the, the, the unique thing about the bears is that they play more three linebacker sets than almost anybody. Uh they will actually use all three of these guys. They will use all three against the Lions 11 personnel. Uh they did it last game, they will continue to do it. They play three linebacker sets about 40% of the time. Uh the average is about half that in the league. It's usually like it's like between 15 and 20% is the average if that. Um but they play it a ton. And and they they do this because they run like a zone scheme they use three linebackers because of uh, injuries in the secondary Um, and they try and get their guys like just they try and clog the the middle right and so in this cover two they're going to try and clog the middle with the linebackers they're going to use their corners on the outside keep their safeties deep and then you're going to have like they're trying to clog up the zones, essentially, is what it is. So if you have smart route runners or if you have speed route runners, uh, you can break those zones. And that's exactly what the Lions have. They have they have deep threats that can uh, stretch the zones, and they have a, a, one of the most intelligent route runners in the league, in Amon Ra St. Brown. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them just try and get Amon Ra in the best situation possible because a lot of times you're going to move a linebacker out, over over him and asked that linebacker to adjust uh last game they targeted st brown 11 times he caught 10 of them for like 100 and i don't know 17 14 something like that uh and he was their guy he they 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 targeted a, a they never didn't target another lion's skill player more than three times but st brown got 11 um that's he was their feature part of the offense and, and i expect that to be the same, except. I do think they'll take more shots downfield because they have their speed receivers back. And I think those speed receivers will open up St. Brown underneath as well. And so I'm expecting this passing game to try and take advantage of this three linebacker set. Um, in DBOA, they're uh, 29th against the run and 29 against the pass. The Lions are middle of the road at 15 against uh, on running rushing offense, but they're 7th. Uh, they're in passing offense i expect them to try and pass the ball and take advantage of the bears running out three linebacker bases i'm um, gonna st brown 10 receptions 119 yards last 19. time they played all
0: right uh nick Morrow, 10 tackles for loss he's a guy who can make plays behind the line of scrimmage against mm-hmm. uh on, on the running play. so something for jamal and uh deandre swift to watch out for moving back to the defensive secondary the corners jalen jones kyler gordon
1: yeah, Gordon isn't is improving, right? Which is nice to see from a rookie. If you're the if you're a Bears fan, Jones is another rookie, uh, but he's an undrafted rookie, and so you're looking at so they've got two rookies on the out uh, at their corner spots. One was their top pick in the second round. One was undrafted. Um, I, I'm not terribly concerned about Jones. Gordon is a guy that you're going to have to account for. I think he's going to be a good player in the league. But again, he's a guy that they typically would want to be a guy who plays on the outside when they're in two corner sets and then shifts inside to nickel when they're in three cornerback sets. But right now they don't have the bodies. And so they're having to use him outside. And so will they be able to shift him inside in nickel sets to try and get him over St. Brown? They might. Uh, but if they do that, they're just going to be setting themselves up for problems on the outside with the other guys. So um, three starting rookies right now in that secondary the other starting rookies
0: Jaquan brisker at one safety position the other safety is deandre houston carson
1: i actually like houston carson as a player um he's a very good like safety three uh he can he's shown the ability to have good ball hawking sense he has good nose for the ball um don't like him as much as a starter. He's he's better as like more of like a situational player. At the same time, this secondary has has created turnovers over the last couple of weeks. They had they they uh, have three turnovers against the uh, the Bills last week. They had three turnovers against the uh, Eagles the week before. So, if you're going to pass the ball around, if as the Lions offense, if you're going to pass it around, uh, you got to be smart with it too. You can't turn the ball over. And so, you know, I mean, look, Goff turned the ball over one time in the last, I don't know, like six or seven weeks, and it was a fumble. It was and Ragnow took responsibility for that. Like Ragnow came out and was said it was his ball. Um, so the 14 point swing there in that game. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. And uh so Goff still hasn't thrown an interception in a while. He's been pretty good with the ball. And if you're aligned, you're hoping that stays. So passing game on offense trying to score points opportunity is there for the Lions to move on this defense there there are defense that's trending in the wrong direction yet their rookies are trending in a positive direction because they're getting more exposure and more play time it's it's similar to what you kind of see from the lions where their rookies are getting better um with more experience and you're seeing the same thing here in chicago
0: all right, moving over to the kicking game. The kicker ever since they replaced Michael Badgley is Cairo Santos, <laughs> who's hit uh, 91% of his field goals on the season. He's hit four or five from outside 50 yards, but his long only 51. Probably affected a little bit by the fact that he plays a soldier field for his home games, and 57% of his kickoffs end up as touchbacks.
1: Big problem with Santos that people are not happy with him about is he's missed Five extra points uh he's 25 of 30 on his extra points this year and that has uh that has really soured some people on his success while he's only missed two field goals missing five extra points is uh it has left a sour taste in some people's mouths
0: the punter is trenton gill uh
1: who's also handled a little bit of kickoff duties
0: during the season but he's Mm -hmm. averaging 46 and a half yards per punt with a net of 39.4 which isn't totally his fault
1: right right uh their dvoa on special teams is middle of the road 16 they've been playing a little bit worse over the last month or so but they're about a middle of the road type special teams overall
0: only 15 of his 56 punts only 26 percent have ended up inside of the 20 yard line so the lions as we were told repeatedly during the carolina game great at starting mm-hmm. field position here's a here's an area where they hopefully can take advantage of the punting game
1: Lions special teams is is fifth in DBOA. and over the last month they're second like they their special teams has done well the return men uh returning kicks
0: velas jones trusted ebner returning punts velas jones dante pettis do we see that do we see Velus Jones not really returning a lot of kicks on Sunday due to the fact that he's going to have to handle a lot of the receiving load? I,
1: I think they have to, I think they have, they, 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 their receivers are their returners and they don't have a lot of them. So they're going to have to use these guys.
0: Didn't Herbert have a huge return against us the first time we played?
1: I yeah, two, it know, mean, but That might've
0: been his 50 yard, right? Cause he had that. So Khalil Herbert returned the two kicks in the first game, 67 yards in total i think one of them was like a big one was a big fight. okay but that's my fading memory for you <laughs> so but that that could play a big uh that could play a big role sure. in sunday's case so against the strongest defense they don't have a strong passing game but maybe they can make things happen on special teams
1: well again it's it's it heavily favors the lions statistically and i think when you look at the injuries that they have on defense, when you look at the injuries they have at their wide receiver position, when you, when you look at the efficiency metrics, all being low, I think that's why you have a spread of, of six points, right? It's because on paper, there's a lot of things that are favoring the lions, but the best thing the bears have going from them is their ability to try and run the ball. And that's the lion's biggest weakness especially right now so the question becomes can the lions correct their run defense Mm because if they can't this is going to be a shootout potentially and yeah and if and if but if they can this game might not be close right like that's that's the trick like here here we go again no it really comes (laughs) down to that it really comes down to can they have they corrected their defense like dan campbell is saying all the right things like He's almost over saying it though. He's just repeating it like every question. Every question that he's answering ends in we're going to be prepared. It, it, is Quintez Sipis coming back this year? Yeah, no, we're going to shut Qu- Quintess Cas down because uh, you know, we're you know, but we're gonna be prepared, we're gonna be ready to go, we're gonna do this. All right. What how do you stop them? Well, you know, we're gonna do this. Oh, but we're gonna be ready to go and we're gonna have a good game plan. We're gonna stop. It's like every question ends with we're gonna have a good game plan, we're gonna be able to rebound because like that's what they need to do. I mean, that's the the clear focus is, can you, you got punched in the mouth. How do you respond to that? If they can be, get prepared, if they can make adjustments, they're going to win this game and they're going to go into the finale as uh, the season finale with a chance to make the postseason. If they don't make those corrections, Maybe, yeah, yep. se- season's over, right? Like, right. I mean, it's a simple It'll be as over. that. Yep. Right, so they've got to, they've got to respond. This is this is where the metal meets the road, right? This is this is what it comes down to. It, honestly, the season comes down to can they rebound and, and learn how to stop the run, and if they can, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a fun podcast next week.
0: Big big game for the Campbell regime. Now, don't forget, yeah, and I know you know this that Brad Holmes isn't tied to Dan Campbell, yeah. and Chris Spielman's not tied to either of them. And Brad, Brad, Brad Holmes, there's no reason that he's, that he's, he's on solid ground. He's not going anywhere. He's made a lot of good decisions in the last two drafts. I would question him cramming money down the road. I I think that's a bad idea. We'll see how that rears its ugly head over the next Mm. few seasons, but there's no reason that he would be anywhere near a hot seat. Campbell shouldn't be either because they've made a pretty big turnaround since last year and they're really pushing their way towards the playoffs. But, um, the one thing you can see about Campbell, like, you know, he played, we were all ready for dumb jock. He's a dumb jock. You know, everybody loves that. You know, that's Mm -hmm. who he is. And it's, it's an act. Obviously now we know it's an act and (laughs) he knows, but, and the the dangerous thing about Campbell, at least the dangerous thing about Campbell if old man Ford was still running the team was he knows how to talk to people. It seems like he knows how to make everybody, he, he knows what to say to people to make them kind of feel good and feel the right way which sure. could really drag out his career in, in a negative way. But <laughs> if they, if, if they come out and play, like they played against Carolina, it may be time to start. I don't think they shouldn't fire him after this year. There's no reason to, but we should start maybe questioning like, okay, long-term is this guy, the type of guy like here, you, you you've had a couple of opportunities now to like push your way over the top to get over that last hurdle for step one of the rebuild. Right. You know, well, I guess step two, step one would be tearing it all down. Step two is like <laughs> finally pushing your way into the playoffs. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how this, works. This, this will be very telling next couple games.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not as quick to say that they're on the hot or I'm not potentially saying, near he's, he's right. nowhere going. He's, right. Yeah, but this right.
0: Is, we got to pay attention to what's happening in these last few weeks, how he handles yeah. it, how the team comes out and handles things and yeah. where that's going to, where that takes us into the future.
1: Yeah, and I I agree with you because of the fact that he has built this team and this persona of this team on the fact that they're gritty and tough and that they can make the adjustments and just power through when they need to power through. And they've been able to do that the last two months. This will be telling. If they can do it now, they did at the end of last season, they did over the last two months. If they can rebound, and uh, he's going to look like he's the guy. If they can rebound and then make this final push of the last two games, uh, if they fold, it's definitely going to have it's going to raise concerns uh, in the off season. So yeah, yeah it's a and, it's a critical and, game.
0: Well, Yeah, of course it's a critical game. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we could potentially make the playoffs. All right, uh, like we got to we got to pick some winners and losers. So yeah, I go mean, first you I believe won, it's you me, won it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, you won again uh, by. I don't know. I, I I don't even think I paid yeah, attention. Yeah, we were
0: both wrong though. We both picked the Lions to win. No, but you you Kicking actually had the for that.
1: But you had the lion. You had the right points. Lions. Had, you had Lions scoring twenty three, and that's exactly what they scored. Way off on Carolina.
0: <laughs> All right, so you, you do. You're doing it again. You did it again this week, Eric, and I, and I lambasted <laughs> you and I blamed you for the loss saying like, oh yeah, there's no way the Lions can lose this game, but I, I don't know, there's there's a clear path for the Lions to lose this game. I don't think yeah. they're going to, but like, it's different than the, there's a clear path they can end up losing this game It's if they can't stop the run, and yep. they can put themselves in big trouble that way, but um, hopefully they're able to hold up fields a little bit, and the Bears are looking more towards next year, although they're going to play nice and loose, they have nothing to lose. Uh, I'm going to say Lions 27,
1: Bears 26. Another Ooh, uh, I don't think it's going to be as close. I think the Lions are going to find their, their, uh, their legs. Uh, I think it might be shaky early against the run, but I expect them to, to get with get done what they need to get done. I'm calling uh 34, 24 Lions.
0: All right. we'll see what's going to end up happening on Sunday. So we got a, a couple new reviews on the Apple podcast, a real nice one from Amrick 1204. Uh, yeah using the word i think oh i thought i saw superb <laughs> no there was no superb. well whatever i i thought <laughs> that it was a superb review i guess it was did a use superb the, <laughs> they did there use you the go <clears throat> superb. all right and a bunch more ratings on spotify so that's great to see still holding a five nice
1: star. nice yeah very excited awfully nice things appreciate all those
0: yes that's it eric you want to have anything to add
1: no, I'm excited. I'm excited oh, yeah. to uh to see where this one goes.
0: Plenty of reason to be excited. That's that's all we got for this week. So until next time, let's go, Lions.